Hi guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. It is our second episode of February, and February here at Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl, we are all about the self. We are talking self-love, self-worth, self-health, and today we are talking about self and mental health. We are joined by Kelly Pantaleoni to discuss... Do you like how I have to say her name like that? She literally coached me on that. We are discussing her new film, 40 Seconds, which talks about mental health, how she's dealt with mental health in the past, and you know how you take your mental health and accomplish all the things you want to do in your life, and you do it while being a boss babe, which she definitely does. Kelly does so many different things from the NFT space to writing, acting, directing, all with a emphasis on maintaining mental health, but she's also very open and honest about the ups and downs in it. So guys, let's go to that episode. (laughs) So you want to be an egg girl? Hi guys, welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. Today I'm joined by Kelly Pantaleoni. We had a little coaching session on how to pronounce her name before this. Um, Hi Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk with you. You have so many hats you wear, but please tell us who are you, what you do. Give us the little background on you. I should find a more succinct way to put it all together but don't make it succinct say it all (laughs) yeah I'm a lot of things I'm a lot I'm I'm very extra (laughs) um so first and foremost I'd always like to be identified as an actress (laughs) um but I write I make movies um so I guess that is an all-encompassing you know goes under the umbrella of filmmaker um, I also have a nonprofit, Give Backpackers, and I'm really getting into the NFT and crypto space as well. So I have um, some exciting things going on there too. Wow. Okay. So I want to jump right off the bat. So I found you on Instagram, which I think is how most people find people these days, you know, and like you are a gorgeous person and like you have this amazing page, you know, but also like you're pretty like open with, you know, the projects you're working on. And one of your films is about mental health. It's called Called 40 seconds and like can you tell us how that film came to be yeah so that kind of came out of just a really dark place that I was in after losing my best friend to suicide and as an artist my way of coping with my emotions in a healthy way because there's many other ways that we can do it is to write and create and so I wrote a short film based on anxiety, depression, and suicide and how social media and dating apps can contribute to those issues, but also help us get out of those issues by building community and by finding your tribe through those platforms. And so my mission with that movie, and we've done the International Film Festival circuit and won awards there. So I'm really proud of that. My my team was predominantly women. I want to say like 90% of my crew was female, which I'm really proud of. And so I really want to now get that into schools, partnering with a mental health organization. And I already actually have this curriculum. It's a 12-week course focused on mental health and different aspects of it that an Australian PhD put together. And so we're trying to get that into schools across the globe to help get kids through a really tough time because I know high school was really hard for me. And I can't imagine how difficult it must be for kids with the pressure of social media now. Like that is a whole nother bag of burritos I would not want to deal with. So 
that is one of the my ways of coping with my own mental health issues. So when you were making this film, you know, you talked about, you know, social media and dating apps affecting. That's something we haven't really talked about on this podcast. Like, what did you find about social media and dating apps affecting the mind? Yeah. So when you're in a already lonely, isolated place, you can go one of two ways. You can spiral downwards or you can spiral upwards, depending on your, you know, there's actually like an emotional vibrational scale. And you can just Google that and see what it looks like. When you're in that space mentally already, you have to be pushing yourself constantly to things that make you spiral upwards to elevate yourself to feel better. Um, But there's so many ways to easily start spiraling down. And two of those is social media um, and comparing yourself, finding envy and jealousy and comparison in the content that you're consuming. So one thing that I had to do was just unfollow accounts that made me feel that way because it's so easy to get almost addicted to that feeling. So you have to physically block it out of your life, like cut you know, not necessarily people from your life, but people you're following, you can just unfollow them. It's a really easy way of filtering what you see. And then as far as dating apps go, I was just, you know, living in a city where I didn't know anyone. And I just wanted to have connection, whether it was romantic or friendship, I just wanted to be meeting people. And so dating apps can be really dangerous if you're not in a stable frame of mind, because then you can really put your validation in other people's hands. And especially if you're dating and these are complete strangers that you have no personal connection to, no friends to keep them accountable for their actions. So people can act really badly in that space because there is no accountability or responsibility. So I just encountered a few situations that were really horrific and really upsetting. And I actually walked away from one of them thinking I can, and this is something my mom's always told me, I can either laugh about this or cry about it. So I'm going to laugh. It's a dark comedy. Life, my life is just this dark comedy and finding humor in situations can really get you through a bad place. So I walked away from that situation, literally like putting in Cardi B, listening to bad bitch music and being like, fuck this shit. I'm not going to feel bad for myself, sit in the victim state. I'm going to go home and write about this instead. And it ended up being the opening scene in the film. I love that. Yeah. We talk a lot about social media on this podcast and, you know, mental health when it with it and like, you know, is it good? Do we love it? Do we hate it? Do we hate it, but still like play into it because like we understand it's you it's know, a love hate. It's a love hate. Like what is, you know, with all this experience, like what is your relationship like with social media and like, how do you stay mentally healthy with it? So I love the internet just in general. I think that the internet has helped us so much, especially during the pandemic. And especially for people who don't find community in their like natural world environment around them, because growing up, I always felt like a bit of an outsider, a bit of a weirdo, being a creative type. <laughs> you, Welcome you to relate. the fashions of a wannabe, it girl. <laughs> there you go. We live in our own delusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets us through a hard time. So, um, yeah, finding community through the internet and it just at least relatability through the internet of like memes. Like memes have got me through quarantine because to see people suffering is honestly <laughs> such a 
a, a bond that you can have where it's like, oh, I'm not the only one suffering. Like it's not just me in pain, like other people are doing it. But when you can find humor in it, and that's what I think memes have provided for a lot of people is like, oh, this is a shitty situation, but it's also funny. If we can find the funny aspect to it. So I love social media in the aspect of finding humor in situations. Um, and so I found a part of social media that I can connect with the rest of it. Like I said, you just have to unfollow accounts that make you feel less than unworthy comparison, jealousy, any of that sort of stuff. If it's making, if you walk away from your experience on social media, you've spent, let's just be real. Most of us go on down rabbit holes and spend an hour on Instagram. You know, if you walk away from that feeling low and worse, then you've got to change how you're consuming it. Either follow different accounts, do something differently. Instead of just scrolling, maybe like message people that you find interesting and see if you can find connection there. Instead of just watching, like just you need to have some, you know, reflection of your time to see if it's serving you or not. Absolutely. Well, and also, so you moved to LA from Australia. Can you tell us, we talk a lot about like that feeling of not fitting in and, you know, you want to be in the circle and whatever. And like, I find those always come with like moves to LA because this city is kind of tough. <laughs> like just, it's like also like, I don't know, you can't even touch it. Like, you're like, what is that? But like, what was that experience like for you moving here, especially from out of the country? You're originally from Australia. Yeah. Well, luckily I had a bit of a like integration period up in the Bay area. Okay. So my dad has a house up there in a town called Gilroy. And so for two years, fresh from high school, so I was 18, oh. I spent up there. So I was kind of integrating slowly into American life because it is really different to Australia. Yes, we speak the same language, but <laughs> that's about it. Like our values are really different in Australia. We're really just more focused on like what kind of person you are, if it's fun, if you're a good person to hang out with, that's all that matters. Not what car you drive, how much money you have, what you do. In Australia, we don't ask what you, what do you do? Like, it's just not a question that we ask. So our values are really different. So that was a really good introduction because I think if I move straight from my small country town of 8,000 people, we don't even have traffic lights to LA. That would have been such a culture shock. So luckily I did have a little time to integrate. Um, And in that time, I started to find my path. So I started to get into modeling, which I never thought I could do. That was so far from my reality. I grew up on a farm, total tomboy, never did my hair or makeup, like driving motorbikes and like riding horses. It wasn't, there was no connection to glamour for me whatsoever. So to move to the Bay Area and get into modeling was really strange. And I was actually um, working at a gym when somebody told me, oh, you should enter the Miss California pageant. You should give it a shot. I was like, in no reality will I ever be or ever could be a pageant girl, but why not? Like, I want to get into modeling. It seems like something, you know, foot in the door. And so I got in and through that, it started to bring me down to LA because the pageant was down there and I was starting to do, you know, trainings and whatnot and the introduction to the pageant. Um, And so I started to go down to LA and then through my work, I was also working because I've been working since I was 14. Like I always wanted to be independent and have my own money. So I was also working at a guest store and I contacted my 
manager to see if they could sponsor me because there's so many expenses Mm -hmm. to do with pageants. And they said, yes, we love the idea of one of our guest girls in the store being in a pageant. And so they sponsored me. So I was also meeting with people at guest corporate at their offices in downtown LA. So that's really what got me more into modeling. And then my goal was always to be acting, but that got me the experience in front of the camera. So luckily I slowly integrated. I love to that because, you know, some people would be like, I want to do this, but you know, like, I don't know where the support's going to come from. I love that you took the initiative to ask your job, just like I'm doing this. I think that's something that's not talked about enough is like, you have to sometimes ask for the things you want and like, not everything's going to be given to you. So I really admire you for going to them and saying, Hey, like I'm doing this. Can you support me? And like, they were like, yes, just goes to show you never know until you ask. Yeah. I, I think you have to ask for everything you want. Like you always have to be vocal and you have to sometimes command that presence of it too. not demand. There's a big difference between demanding and commanding. But when you command a certain presence, it's it's because you have faith in yourself and confidence. You know that you're capable of it. People feel that energy and they know that you're worthy of it. So I think somehow I've always had an inner strength and knowing and guidance so that people can feel that, sense that and see it and then want to help me on that mission. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, and that's something too, that I think comes from like such a place of confidence and like, you know, holding your yourself at like a golden state and taking care of yourself, you know? And so you moved to LA and what was that like? <laughs> oh man. it LA is like an adult Disneyland. <laughs> Like a fantasy land where you can have anything, do anything. Just it's just wild. It's like we're all we're all you know. (laughs) I want to say kids in a way. Like we have no. There's no parents telling us what to do. There's no usually like no kids running around to like be safe in front of. Like I just feel like it's just this wild place where people can just be completely out of control with no (laughs) accountability. Um, so I, so I probably spent the first two years in LA just, you know, going like I was living in the Hollywood Hills too. So I was going into Hollywood, partying, doing modeling photo shoots, uh, going to raves, like just having a really fun living time. The, living the life. <laughs> living the life, mansion in the Hollywood Hills, like driving up Beach Canyon with the Hollywood sign every day, thinking I've made it. Um, so it was definitely like really fun, but after two years, I was like, no, I really need to focus because this, I could see people in my sphere going down that spiral of just losing control completely. And it's so easy, you know, like, because there's so many distractions and temptations and so many bad things you can get involved in, um, that just seem really fun and, you know, carefree at the time, but I just saw it really affect people negatively. So then I was like, no, I need to hyper-focus. I actually did the artist's way, mm. which yeah, is this I amazing. Know it. Yeah. Tell you know about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So it's this incredible course to really get you in touch with your inner artist. And as soon as I did that and I started doing my morning pages, my journaling every morning, I completely reshifted my life, um, broke up with the person I was with, moved out of the house. Thankfully, I had a really spiritual friend who 
taught me about meditation, crystals, astrology, all of that sort of stuff, and really helped guide me down a different, healthier, more enlightened (laughs) path that was way more aligned with my values and mission. Um, So it's really important to surround yourself with like-minded people in LA. Yes, I completely agree. And uh, But yeah, I think you are the sum of like the people who are around you. So like you have to be cautious of like, you know, if somebody else around you is like that and you don't want to be that way, like you're going to pick up that energy. You're going to pick up that vibe and like that is going to go out into the world as part of you as well. So now that you're like in this place, what do you still do today to stay in like a, you know, clear focus mind? I mean, you take on so many different projects. Like what's, what's your practice for yourself there? Yeah. So I think it's important for people to have a really strong morning practice or morning ritual um, like a routine of things that you do to make sure that you're always starting your day grounded. So no matter what happens in the rest of the day, you know, you achieved something, whether it's just a spiritual, you know, uh, step forward. It's really important. I heard once that we're always focused on our goal lines. It's that chart of always making sure that we're achieving our goals, career, you know, money goals, but What's just as equally important is your soul line. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that you're constantly growing with your soul. And sometimes we go through periods of years where we're just focusing on our soul line, not necessarily our goal line. And that's just as important because we need to make sure that we're mentally and emotionally okay. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that I'm really grounded for the day, every morning I try to, and I say try because sometimes I'll have so much that I have to head straight into work. But if I can um, eat my ideal morning is to have, uh, you know, some sort of like lemon water or something, green tea, you know, something to kind of cleanse the system to start with and then meditate. So even if it's just 15 minutes, I really want to meditate with my crystals and my affirmations and really visualize what I want to achieve, the different things that I'm manifesting into my life. And then my morning pages from the artist's way. So it's the three pages of just subconscious thought, get that out there and writing out my gratitude list, what I'm grateful for and what I'm manifesting, different goals that I want to achieve. Um, So if I can do that, if I can meditate and journal, then I feel really grounded for the rest of the day. Wow. And so I'm, you know, honestly, for my own personal question, I'm so curious, like, how do you, how, like, what do your days look like? You've got acting, you've got writing, you're, are you producing these projects as well? Like... (laughs) Yeah, and then you got I, NFTs. Like, what? How do you keep yourself clear there at once the day gets going? <laughs> yeah, it's like a runaway train sometimes. <laughs> and then if I am just, you know, if I have one ping towards Instagram, there goes an hour. So I really try and stay off that because that could just suck me into. I will fully admit I have an addiction there. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I am producing some of these things as well, like the Uganda documentary that I'm now trying to find an editor for, that I, you know, when I went with my nonprofit to Uganda and filmed these women in a village and interviewed them. Um, so there are different projects that I'm producing as well, but I'm um, I'm wanting to collaborate more with other people. I'm kind of tired of doing it all on my own. Okay. I have like written, produced and starred in a lot of my own content, but now I'm really looking to collaborate. And in the NFT space, that's really exciting because I just had a call right before this with people that are doing the Desperate Ape Wives NFT drop. And so that's really exciting because it's the more, you know, feminine focused um, NFT drop 
inspired by, you know, the Bought Eight Yacht Club, which is very, very masculine. And I'm a huge supporter of anything NFT, but if it's based around women and we also have a really large like philanthropic aspect to that, um, that really gets me excited. So more to come with that. Stay tuned. But my average day is, you know, meetings like that and collaborating with other artists coming up with different ideas. I'm talking to a filmmaker about making a short film as an NFT. Everything I want to create moving forward, I want based on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So whether it's funded by crypto or NFTs or the film itself is an NFT, I want every element to be tied to that because I just see wow. it being very empowering for artists. But I'm also trying to wrap up, you know, tie up loose ends with the projects that I have produced in the past, like Fifty Shades of Quarantine, which is this ridiculous, like, Saturday Night Live-style sketch comedy series. I really created that all on my own, too. I filmed it, acted the six different ridiculous characters. I did have an editor help me with that, um, a uh, Canadian editor who worked on Life of Pi. So it's, you know, tied together nicely. But all these things that I did on my own, now I'm trying to get distribution for them on my own, too. So that takes up a lot of time. Um, same with the movie 40 Seconds, um, total opposite, you know, drama based on mental health getting distribution for that too, which actually just got picked up by um, FlickFest. So it'll be on that platform. Thank you. So yeah, working on getting those out there because I just want them to help people. The comedy is to help people through the pandemic, adding a bit of levity and laughter to situation that we're still in. So it's still relevant. That's one highlight. My my content is still relevant. (laughs) So it just... It adds some, you know, lighthearted elements to what we've been going through. So I hope that people can get at least a laugh out of that, smile, you know, during this tough time. So people can find that at 50 shades of quarantine.com. It's just absolutely absurd. Um, and yeah, oh, I'm also writing a book. So that is something that I've been putting off. I have been sitting on this idea for almost five years and I've written little bits here and there, but the lockdowns were actually really beneficial in finally having a solid crack at that. So I'm about a third of the way through my book. It's, uh, what would the genre be? It's fiction. It's a novel. It's, I guess, like travel adventure romance. It's going to be very similar to Eat, Pray, Love, um, based on my backpacking adventure through Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And I want to adapt that into screenplay and then eventually make that into a movie one day. So I need to get back into writing that. So yeah, basically just working on my past projects and coming out with ideas and communicating with other groups on future projects. And if that wasn't enough, you also have a nonprofit that I, you know, I think comes a little bit from your love of travel too. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your nonprofit? Yeah. So Give Backpackers was actually the baby of um, my friend passed, Lindsay Hawley. So she has inspired so much from my life. And even it's very strange, but even from the afterlife, people really can continue to guide you down your path. If you have that connection with them, it does not disappear when they pass over to the other side. If anything, if you're spiritual and or if if you're at least open, them being on the other side, you know, quote unquote, wherever they are, they can actually be closer to you at all times now because space and time doesn't really exist for them. So they can always be with you, guiding you. And so she 
continues to inspire me and guide me down my path of all these things that I was interested in anyway. I always wanted to have my own nonprofit. So when she passed away, I kind of just carried the torch with her nonprofit, Give Backpackers. So she loved travel. She loved philanthropy and she was a total boss babe and traveled the world giving back. And so I kind of, I, I carried that on for her. I took it to be a 501c3 nonprofit status organization. So we're legit, <laughs> we're on the books. Um, and I took it to Uganda in 2019. Like I mentioned briefly, we helped women in a village there create a sustainable sewing program so they can have generational wealth. And it, it's a sustainable project. It's not just throwing money at a problem, which really never works. Right. So now, yeah, I'm getting an editor for that and putting together all the footage from that trip to make that into a documentary. So that also ties back into filmmaking. Wow. You seriously do so much. And like, you know, what what are the things for somebody who, you know, might be as ambitious or as half as ambitious and, you know, going after all these things? What's your advice to people um, about staying, you know, mentally clear, chasing their dreams and like, you know, finding also causes that really matter to them to, you know, explore and share with their words and journeys? Write it all down. Have lists. I would be nothing if it wasn't for my list. <laughs> I... I'm a Capricorn, so I am very organized and structured. So I love to have my to-do lists. And if it wasn't for that, I would just spend all day looking at cat videos because I would just love to do that all day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have a to-do list. It's disgustingly long, but I put it on my Google calendar so that every day I know what I have to do that day and I can even insert it to like certain times. And if I don't do it that day, then I have to push it to tomorrow and I have to push it each time, which is really frustrating. I don't like doing that. So having yeah, having your to-do list on your Google calendar is really good because then you have to face it each day. So have your lists of things you want to do. And then as far as finding things that, you know, tie into your purpose, your mission or finding causes that matter to you just remember what you did as a kid like for me it was I loved animals I spent more time with animals than humans because I grew up on a farm really far from town so I've always loved animals and now and you know through my time I've, I've found little ways of giving back to animals like walking dogs at the animal shelter I did that for a long time raising money for nonprofits and being an ambassador for different animal nonprofits. Um, but now I'm finding these communities that have like-minded values, like the Desperate Eight Wives. It's so funny because they're actually monkeys and I'm being a voice to one of them in a, another series, which is really exciting. It's on so fun. Apple TV. It's yeah, it's called the Red Eight Family. And um, I get to play an, an Aussie ape there called Sheila, <laughs> which is really fun. We taped that the other day and so now I'm finding these communities of people who I can, we can collaborate and raise money and awareness for animals through that creative pursuit. So finding what you did as a kid that you love to do and finding a way to integrate that into your life now, whether it's raising money, awareness, volunteering, just finding those things that really lit you up as a kid can help guide you into what you should do now as an adult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and kind of to tie it all back to like mental health, you know, what would you say to somebody who, you know, wants to do this and, you know, is struggling? How, what's the first step to get started on, you know, your journey? <sighs> it's so tough to get yourself out of that. And I only did it recently. So I can, I can speak from my own experience at least. Um, having a weekly therapist 
weekly therapy sessions is key. Yes. Everyone should have a therapist, whether you think you need one or not. Trust me. Right. You do. And it's not a one-time fix. You don't get to go to therapy once and say you went to therapy. That's no, no, it's not like you're going to get your car serviced and it's good for two years after that. No, yes. you need to go in every week. Cause trust me, when you think that you're fine and you don't have anything else to work through, you'll find something you need. I to just did that. <laughs> something will come up. Trust me. Give it time. So having a weekly therapist is key. Because you can be really disappointed in your friends if you lean on them for therapy advice. Like, it's just not healthy, I think, to only rely on the people in your life to help you through your problems. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not really fair either to put things on them when we're all struggling right now. Um, It is very important to have friends that can listen and support you. They should just do that anyway. But it is very also important to have a a professional to talk through your issues because if you're putting that all on your friends, your partner, your family, they're not qualified and they're, they will eventually disappoint you if you are trying to lean on them as your only sense of support. So I think having a professional to talk to is really important. And then um, having what got me through recently is having music to play that will get me out of bed. Like my morning mantra playlist of um, very like conscious, mindful female rappers. That's such a niche. No, but I love that. You've said it multiple times. Like it must really get you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It really does. There's something so powerful about these badass bitches who are just like claiming you know, sovereignty over their sexuality, their power, their finances, everything, because women were being suppressed for so long. Mm-hmm. It was only within the past, what, like 30, 40 years that we were allowed to have our own bank accounts. Like, yeah. we only got the right to vote 100 years ago. Like, it is absolutely insane to me. Right. So, very new. And that's like under talked about too. <laughs> yeah. I did a, a whole photo and video campaign for the uh, 100 year anniversary of the suffragettes because these women fought and died for us to have the right to vote. And we forget that it was that recently. Like we've only become equal to men as far as having a say in society 100 years ago. And still women in certain countries don't are not even anywhere near that. Right. Um, so it's really important, I think, to to just consume content that empowers you. Mm-hmm. And so I find that a lot of music out there is very disempowering. It's very popular now to listen to music that kind of perpetuates these toxic relationships and toxic yes. cycles. That's really popular for some reason. And I don't get it. It really annoys me to hear these lines in music that is just so disempowering as a woman so listening to artists that really make you feel powerful and uh aligned to your values as well like it's not just about money and sex and drugs like it really has to be to me like manifesting empowering magic you know all of these certain things so that music really helps me and then I've detoxed a lot in the past two years as well and that's diet like actually eating like going on these vegan stints because I as much as I'd love to be full-time vegan, I, I have trouble identifying with certain titles. And so I wouldn't identify myself as vegan, but I really support that movement and love to be part of it as often as I can. Um, so I'll go through like, you know, a 30-day detox where I eat vegan. I take these, you know, green shakes and certain supplements and will also detox mentally. So getting rid of people that are toxic to me. 
removing content that's toxic to me. You know, detoxing isn't just about your diet. It's very all-inclusive. And so those elements kind of have led to my mood being lifted and also finding something you're really passionate about that wants, that makes you want to get out of bed. So finding either a project to work on, whether it's creative or a goal, like fitness goal, having something that you're really working towards and that excites you is really important because I could go hours without getting out of bed. If I just didn't have something to do that really excited me, it's so easy to sit in that like slump mm-hmm. and not want to get out of bed. So you have to find something that gets you excited. Right. Gets you going. Mm-hmm. Ellie, you are such an inspiration. You literally do so much with such purpose. And, you know, I really admire you for doing that. Thank you so much for okay. being on the podcast and taking the time. Please tell everybody where we can find you. Plug yourself out. Yes. Love plugging myself out. Okay. So Kelly Pantaleone <laughs> is, is where you can find me across all platforms. I think I'm the only one. Last I checked, I think I'm the only the- one too. Because yeah, I, I, think- I checked. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. So you can just find me on all platforms as Kelly Pantaleone. And then if you want to watch 50 Shades of Quarantine, it's just that.com, 40secondsfilm.com. Make sure to get, you know, a handle on all of those. Um, oh, and then I wanted to mention also the current campaign pain that we're doing for the kids in Uganda. So while I was there, I met someone who is being such a champion for the kids in his community, for the street kids, for the orphan kids. And during the pandemic, I've been so amazed to watch his progress. His nonprofit is called World Race Uganda. So you can find him on uh, Instagram through that. He has just really like leveled up with his efforts of taking care of these kids because we're so blessed in America that support that we get um, from different organizations and the government, as much as we love to shit on the government in the US, like they really do support us in so many different ways. Many governments around the world don't do that for their people and they're really completely on their own. So in Uganda, these kids just have nowhere to go and nowhere to go for food. And so this guy has single-handedly given them shelter, food, grown crops, um, and he's building a school for them. So we have raised $2,000 already to help build the school. We still need a few thousand dollars. So the fundraiser is still up. I have the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, it's a GoFundMe. So you can find it, yeah, I guess through my Instagram. Um, maybe you'll include it in the we'll show. We'll put it in the notes as well. Yeah. And and because it's through me and my nonprofit, I post updates all the time. So the thing about giving to these huge charities is that, and and I've done it and I still do it, you'll donate money, but you never really see where it goes. You just have faith that hopefully gets in the right hands. But with my organization, it's really, really transparent and you see exactly where the money's going and you can see it on my Instagram, on the Give Backpackers Instagram. We'll always be posting updates so you really can see the impact that you're having. So it's really fulfilling to follow the journey. Yes, we will definitely include that all in the show notes. Thank you again so much for taking the time. Thank you for being here. No worries. Thank you, Molly. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And Kelly, thank you so much for being on this podcast. You are such a ray of light and you work so hard and it's so inspiring to see literally a female boss babe just 
crushing it and handling herself so incredibly well in so many different spaces. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, February, like I said, is all about the self and we are going to be talking so much more about self-love, self-worth, self-health, and I can't wait to get into it. Guys, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. It is the best way to support the podcast. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next Tuesday. (laughs) 